0: The Retail Supply Chain Show, where we break down great retailers, the supply chains that move them, and the data that they use to make their decisions and I already know what you're thinking. Uh, Andrew looks gorgeous today, uh, but plot twist, it's not Andrew. Uh, I am Grace Sharkey. I'm actually a staff writer here at FreightWaves.com, and my beat is really particularly focused on, on this area of the supply chain. I talked a lot about freight technology uh, within the space, how it's influencing our everyday supply chains and Honestly, more importantly, how companies are making it easier for over-consumers like myself uh, to continue consuming. And of course, we wouldn't be able to talk about my overindulgence without the help of our sponsors, ArcBest Logistics. ArcBest Logistics is actually more than logistics. Whatever you do, whatever you ship, ArcBest makes it easier for you to do business. ArcBest combines reliable capacity, innovative technology my favorite and trusted relationships to make complexity out uh, to take the complexity out of your supply chain and keep your shipments moving. And that's what makes Arcbus more than logistics. Now I do have a phenomenal guest for our show today and before I bring him on, I wanted to dive into the overall topic that we're going to be discussing, uh, which is really seeing how these retailers are starting to really take over their supply chains, with really huge measure, measures, really past just partnerships and and just building deeper connections, but actually acquiring them, merging with them, or even taking a step deeper into even leasing their own container ships or, or buying parts of their manufacturing sectors. Um, we'll look into, one, how that's making them more resilient, but what's even more interesting to me is how these different measures are actually allowing them to generate more revenue for their overall businesses. And you know, for a lot of us that are shareholders, that's that's really what we want to hear about the at the end of the day. And to dive into a really great example of this, I actually published an article about this deal earlier this month, but in early November, American Eagle Outfitters, which Flashback to high school, really, on that one, uh, <laughs> actually acquired one of their largest logistics partners, Quiet Logistics. Now, a lot of you might know them as Lo- Locust Robotics as well. But uh, in early November, they were acquired by American Eagle Outfitters for $350 million in cash. It was actually American Eagle's largest acquisition ever. And what's really interesting about this is not only was Quiet Logistics already American Eagle's uh, largest logistics partner but they're acquiring them also as a, a separate entity so with that comes um a fulfillment centers all along the east and west coast who are already fulfilling for over 50 of the largest direct-to-consumer brands uh some to recognize would be mac weldon which is a huge up-and-coming brand uh birdie's shoes uh and and a couple others so Really, what you have to understand is what companies are looking at instead of just saying, hey, you know, how can we make our supply chain more resilient? Instead of just looking at either working with different partners or um, changing the way they they do their procurement processes, they're actually acquiring the people that take care of their logistics as a whole and saying, well, how can we build revenue off of the the brands that they help service as well? Uh, There's no way, no better way than becoming more resilient than actually becoming part of the decision-making of these actual entities. So uh, what was really great is we're already starting to see this really work out well for American Eagle Outfitters. Um, During their first, uh, their fiscal Q2 earnings, their uh, executive vice president and CEO, Michael Rempel, came out and he said that these investments Um, were really the reason that they were able to hit their quarterly record revenue. I believe it's $1.19 billion. It's a 35% increase compared to their second quarter of of 2020. So it shows you how much revenue that these businesses can start generating for just these retail brands. It's a really interesting cooperative spirit that you're seeing throughout the supply chain right now. Uh, It's not just about, you know, how can we um, strengthen us as a whole, but how can I work with the other retailers who are using the same fulfillment processes to not only improve our overall supply chain, but their overall supply chain and raise revenue as a whole. So it's it's a really interesting concept. And earlier in this year, in August, they actually also acquired Air Terra, uh, which (laughs) if you want to read more about that deal, I highly suggest going to Mark Solomon's article about it. Really great insight on how Air Terra even became uh, to play. But that um, uh, undisclosed uh, deal actually helped them build their infrastructure for their delivery services um, within the same day or next day delivery. So again, it shows you this is how American Eagle is, is looking to make sure not only are they keeping up with the demand they're seeing from their customers, but they're going to be able to long-term keep up with the the new uh, delivery methods that that we expect from our retailers, right? A lot of us, it's, when we online shop, we want the same experiences going to the store. Uh, for me personally, if that, if I can't usually get that delivered to me in a day or two, I might not even uh, finish out that cart. And so it's great to see these retailers are realizing that people like myself, like yourself, are are recognizing this new trend and are picking brands that are going to make sure that if we choose them, they're going to make sure that product gets to us next day. Uh, And this is all a part of the overall plan. Uh, They at American Eagle they call it Real Power Real Growth Initiative. And it's about acquiring these different pieces of their supply chain in order to not just fulfill what's best for their customers, but shareholders in general. Uh, To quote Rempel in in that earnings statement, um, this is just a continuation to expand these services other for other brands and retailers and we believe the business will scale generate incremental value for our shale- shareholders over time so uh really interesting approach from them and there's other ways that companies are doing this earlier this month uh, november 10th hershey did this but more in a manufacturing angle um so they acquired dots pretzels which is a, a huge competitive brand to to hershey's more of like a cult following brand um but they also bought the main manufacturer behind Dots Pretzels, behind a lot of pretzel, manufa- pretzel companies throughout the United States called, what do you know, Pretzels Inc. <laughs> uh, in total, that those two deals are about $1.2 million. And I think this quote from Hershey's CEO, Michelle Buck, um, to the Wall Street Journal is a perfect uh, showcase of, of why this is important to them. Working in the global supply chain right now is incredibly difficult. Uh, the ability to have a facility in-house just reduces one level of complexity for this this overall issue that we're seeing. And that's the most important part. I, it's, you know, for a lot of us who've been in the industry for some time now, when we l- listen to earnings statements in the past, We rarely have people talking about their supply chain. And and if anything, it's always about bringing the cost down and not almost like not investing in it in general. And now we're just seeing this complete opposite where manufacturers and, and companies and retailers are starting to say, hey, maybe maybe we should enter into this trillion uh, dollar industry. Maybe this is something that we could take advantage of to not only improve the end consumer's uh, experience, but at the end of the day, help our shareholders as well. And it's just about chipping away at these complexities over time. And And another example I'm sure you know everyone's seen uh, in headlines, it's huge when it happened over the summer, was companies started even looking at the biggest complexity right now, right, which is containers and, and ocean shipping in general. So you have people like Costco, Walmart, and then Home Depot leasing their own ships. And a lot of that was because, you know, they're used to these long-term contracts that weren't being met, right? And there's back and forth on, you know, what how these uh, leasing programs are going to work out. Uh, many believe it's it's really like a temporary fix to the problems that we're seeing now but it shows you how these retailers are taking seriously uh, this boom from their overall consumer and how they expect to to attack their supply chain and take their supply chain more seriously down the road. so at the, at the end of the day <laughs> you can focus on sales, you can focus on marketing, but if you can't get it delivered at from Kaylee you can't get delivered to their doorstep. (laughs) There's not much you can do. And that is the biggest, that is the biggest mistake you can make to have a consumer choose your product and not actually get it to them on time. Big no, no. So it's, it's, it's good to see that they realize that this is important for their overall growth. And, Honestly, uh, speaking of Home Depot and the moves that they've made, uh, they've they've actually focused a lot on their own supply chain over the last couple of years. Um, not only do they, of course, lease um, their own containers, their own ship, uh, but they've actually been working with Wal- Walmart in different ways to make sure that they can deliver on time um, and improve their their next day deliveries for their consumers. Um, but they're actually taking control of their own shipments from vendors so uh, for a lot of our audience that might not understand what these complexities or how logistics works in general um uh, for someone like home depot yes they're concerned about the shipping to their own consumer but think of all the vendors that they have coming in right and look at the products that we have at home depot we're looking at a lot of home improvement goods we're looking at lumber we're looking at piping um uh, roofing material things like that and with that comes a different type of trailer we're looking at more flatbed trailers compared to vans you can use vans for a lot of this stuff but it's a lot easier to load and to move logistically move around a lot of their product on flatbeds so what they did is they took a step back and thought okay well you know we're we're actually one of the largest users of flatbed trailers right we have a huge market share of how many shipments we're, we're able to give out to flatbed drivers on a weekly basis right so instead they said well what if we instead of having our vendors you know c- price us out for the shipping cost to our stores and to our distribution centers um, and the product? What if we said, don't charge us for shipping? We'll take control of that and leverage this large flatbed market share that we have. Um, and that brings us to our guest today, right? Uh, today I have with us a Load Smarts co-founder and co-CEO Felipe uh, Capella, who's been working in partnership with Home Depot to help set up this really great flatbed network and not only use it to their advantage to make sure that their inventory and their own stock is ready to go for when consumers get to the stores, but to also take advantage of the revenue-generating aspects on on those trucks and getting them deadhead uh, loads so they're not deadheading from point A to point B. Uh, Felipe, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to have you here. Uh, you know, looking back, you're actually probably one of the first interviews I did one-on-one uh, when I joined Freightway. So to be on my first episode is a full circle for me. I really appreciate. It. So thanks for making time for us today.
1: No, it's it's my pleasure, Grace. Uh, nice nice to be here once again.
0: Love it. And can you dive into your your partnership in general with with Home Depot? How did that originate? How did um, you guys start uh, helping them look at their their flatbed network and and get to the point where we are
1: today? Yeah, so I think that's, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Grace, there's a general trend, right? Especially with the large retailers that they realize that first, a lot of times, uh, it is better for them to insource their transportation uh, uh, procurement, right? And that's what's happening with uh, with the Home Depot. That's what I believe happened with uh, Starbucks in the past. You mentioned uh, uh, American Eagle Outfitters. So, it's, it's, a, it's a trend that now is, is happening across the board, especially, again, on the, on the retail side. I think companies realize that, uh, I think, three main things. One, that they can leverage their uh, transportation volume as a competitive advantage, right? Not everyone has the flatbed uh, shipping volume that uh, Home Depot has, right? Second, uh, everyone realized the importance of, of, of supply chain management as part of the company overall uh, a business model as you mentioned uh if you buy something from a uh, home depot or, or other retailers uh, the first job that these guys have is to actually deliver goods to you right so they realize it's it's core to the to the business model of every one of these single companies and third and i think more importantly and you kind of touch uh, on that uh, briefly as well is that companies are moving more uh, trying to move away from these a zero-sum game on, on trying to push uh, cheaper rates on the carrier side and carriers trying to push for higher rates and becoming this uh, zero-sum game bargaining and trying to uh, go towards a more uh, cooperative approach, right? And that's what we're trying to do here with uh, with the Home Depot and, and what we call our flatbed messenger platform. So, and what is that platform? The platform leverages uh, Home Depot's a large volume on the flatbed side, right? Today, they're probably the largest flatbed shipper in the United States. It leverages Home Depot's own flatbed dedicated fleets. So uh, Home Depot's uh, capacity, right? And third, uh, LoadSmart's marketplace technology and algorithms. So the idea here is to really try to overlay all the demand that Home Home Depot has, right? Invite other shippers, Right. Say, hey, why don't you uh, add your own volume demand to this platform, and add the suppliers as well, dedicated capacity to this platform, so we can kind of start overlaying these networks, uh, networks, and start providing better.
0: Oh, <laughs> froze up there for a second. Um, I, I, I still what he's going into is is diving is being able to have Home Depot leverage this this flatbed volume that they're using so that these shippers who are also using uh flatbeds but nowhere near the the amount of volume that you're seeing from um from Home Depot can now use this, use the same rates and and get these at a discounted price um, compared to just uh, honestly going out and, and being able to secure that capacity on their own um, One thing I think that the the normal consumer doesn't understand too well is that well, one that flatbeds success. <laughs> Uh, that's one of my favorite trailers, uh, flatbeds on the stove. Is anything open deck? Uh, if, if there's a risk to it, I, I love it. And I want to try to move it. And with that, you, you have to be able to build a, a harder network. So Felipe, thank you for joining us. Again. <laughs> and, uh, I, I'll give you a chance to finish up your thought there. I'll ask you a question to follow up to.
1: Okay. I'm not sure. Uh, sorry. Maybe it's the internet over here. So I, I, I don't know where you lost me at Grace.
0: So, I guess the biggest thing I'd like to hear from you is like, how hard is it to build a flatbed network? In my experience, um you know flatbed is especially for a lot of logistics companies, kind of stay away from it. It's riskier. um it's I believe it's more fragmented. You see a lot more owner operators within Flatbed as well. Um, so, how did your team go about building this this deeper network of of flatbeds and helping? Use your your experience in, in leveraging that that data in order to pull off this type of endeavor for Home Depot.
1: Yeah, that that's a good question, and uh, and I agree with you. Flatbed is actually pretty complex, right? And uh, it's uh, if you compare that with other uh, uh, truck types like a drive van and 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 reefer, uh, it's much more fragmented as you mentioned, right? And uh, it has other complexities in, in, the, in the oper- on the operational level. So that was one of the reasons why we decided that for that to work, we had to partner up with uh, someone that had a lot of experience uh, shipping flatbed, right? And uh, a, a lot of uh, understanding and knowledge about the operational complexities of shipping uh, uh, flatbed. So the partnership with Home Depot for us was essential on making this decision on uh, to, to build this marketplace, otherwise, I, I think it would be it will be tough for us to do that by ourselves.
0: Definitely. Um, how is the experience going so far? I I remember in March, I believe, writing about um, uh, Home Depot partnering with you to begin with, and I think was. Last month, now, um, end of September, when was when this flatbed messenger just came out. So it sounds like you've been working together for a while. How is this already working for them? What ex- uh, response have you gotten from Home Depot on on this network so far?
1: Yeah, it's so exciting because now we're we're booking booking the first loads and seeing the the, the result, and it's really really amazing when you see a, a, a truck that would otherwise uh, run 300, 400, 500 miles empty, and out of a sudden we are able to uh, add a load to this uh, specific truck, and that's kind of pure profit for a lot of people involved. So it's not, again, it's not like a zero sum game uh, in which a lot of times lo- I think it's one of the sins of logistics, right? It's very uh, uh, competitive landscape that for one party to win another party has to lose, and in this in this case actually everyone wins right the the mm-hmm. shipper has a better rate. the carrier can put a load uh that they were not counting uh on uh on their truck, so it's kind of pure profit uh uh for for the carrier. So we're booking our first uh our first loads uh we also have uh, a lot of fleets that we onboard in this past forty five months, so I think uh, also it's it was good to have uh, uh freight waves uh, writing an article about that uh so flatbed carriers and honor operators realize there's an opportunity here. So I have been onboarding really large fleets and now uh, onboarding also new shippers, right? That for me is pretty much one of the most exciting parts of this platform is Home Depot uh, allowing other shippers to come in and share their own network. Therefore, we have more loads and more match uh, opportunities on the carrier side. Right. So now uh, the technology is there. Of course, it is complex. Right. They're always tweaking and and improving, but it's already working. It's in place. And uh, now it's time for us to scale, inviting other shippers and and other other flatbed providers.
0: Yeah. I will say from my experience in delivering at Home Depot, they do A really great job with just treating drivers very well and and making sure that they're in and out of their facility quickly. Um, I always got really excited when my customer had um, something coming in there because I knew I was going to have a really great time selling it. So um, I I think you've you've chose a really great partner in this. And are you looking to expand partnerships like this into other sectors or other customers as well? Or or is your team focused on Home Depot and in this endeavor?
1: Yeah, I think on the flatbed side, we really focus on the Home Depot partnership. We think that this could uh, generate meaningful results, not only again for Home Depot and and for LoadSmart, but also for uh, other smaller flatbed shippers that can now take advantage of Home Depot's volume to get uh, a better rates. Right, so we're super uh, focused on the flatbed side, but again, we 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 realize, and that's kind of the, how we try to 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 manage the companies that we want to partner up with uh, shippers and carriers we we want to move away from this uh, positioning of of trying to squeeze carriers on one side squeeze shippers to uh, better uh, to, to increase rates on the other side and really trying to build uh products and services in partnership in collaboration with uh with uh, shippers and uh and carriers so we have other projects with other shippers Uh, For example, we just launched our reliable contracts uh, um, effort uh, in partnership with a a large shipper uh, trying to move the industry to a 100% acceptance uh, uh, rate. So we have other partnerships with other shippers, but I think the important part is that we are here to add value to our partners, right? So we are super open to build this custom uh, uh, value-add, projects or services in partnerships with shippers and carriers.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, I published an article on that today. That's the biggest thing that I want our our listeners to hear from this is that logistics companies are really starting to make sure that they have these value added services. Why? Because one, they're, they're clearly doing a a huge service to their customers and Home Depot in this instance. Right. Um, But two, for the ones like quiet who you've just been acquired, this, That's what they're being acquired for is the value added services, whether it's, you know, last mile delivery or these specific niches within logistics and problems that are harder to solve than just a company trying to solve them themselves. So uh, like Felipe said, I'm excited to see that how this turns out over time and how many other logistics companies start to to listen and, and take note of how these value added support systems can really do well for them over time. Felipe, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And uh, for everyone in our audience, make sure that you are... um subscribing to our newsletter that's coming out bi-weekly subscribe to a podcast wherever you're listening to this today um and and make sure that you're you're staying up to date with us we're going to be looking into different robotics technology over the next uh, couple weeks we have a wonderful webinar from our sponsors over at ArcBest, um and just in general you know really want to take this opportunity and, and taking over temporarily the spot with Andrew to, to help you guys understand the small technologies that are happening behind the scenes of your favorite retailers that are allowing you to to get these goods delivered to you on time and to really show who's committed to that service to their customers. Because it takes a lot more than just finding the right carrier and the right last mile delivery service to get to your door on time. There's a lot of intricacies and there's a lot of really great players that I want to make sure we're able to introduce you to. So thank you again to all of our listeners today. Thank you for letting me take the start and and listen to me for the last 30 minutes. And I'm excited to see you guys next week and, and talk a little bit more about the technology behind the robotics at a lot of the retailers today as well. I'm not sure if